Ladies and gentlemen, February 14th, and welcome to another episode of Talk Live. Hey folks, my name is Jeff DeVert, Chief Technology Evangelist for us here at Rackspace Technology. If you are in this, or maybe even work for a company who is centered out of here, you know that today, well, it's Valentine's Day, and we've got a special Valentine's episode and uh and we're pretty doggone excited about what's gonna happen here so uh so apparently we've got a little lag happening this morning it'll all even out these first little internet jitters always show up when when we kick we kick off here so uh everyone again welcome uh, my name is jeff diverter chief technology evangelist here and this is our weekly episode of the cloud talk live show and i'm so glad that you are here and um uh I've got a special guest for you today. You see, normally what we what we do around these parts is we will bring a guest out in and we have a talk about a specific subject. Well, we sort of are doing that today, but it's going to be all encompassing. You're going to want to stick around for this. But as you know, there's a usual format for how we do things around these parts. And it starts with you telling me who you are. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Type your little name in uh, there in the comment section. Tell me who you are. Tell us where you are, and we're going to want you, as the show progresses, well, to participate. This isn't just Ben and I having a conversation. It's Ben and I chatting while you guys join in with your comments. We grab those comments. We integrate them into the conversation. So I do hope that you will do that. All right. So with that, let's continue into the show here. Um, as uh, as I mentioned, you can uh, you can always get a hold of us by reaching out to us at solve at rackspace.com. That's if you want to send us a little show idea. Maybe you've got some input you've got for us. Uh, this is the place that you're going to want to go and do that. Hey, Michael from Houston is back. Glad that you're here. And uh, Megan, of course, is here. She sort of even has to be here. She gets paid to be here as opposed to you guys who are paid well, in laughs and in knowledge. And I wish I could say it was laughs at my humor. Usually just laughs at something stupid that I do. All right. So you can reach us at solve at rackspace.com. Feel free to reach out and do that. Now, should you, God forbid, miss one of these episodes, you can always find the audio over in the podcast stream. Where do you find the podcast stream? Well, you find it anywhere podcasts are found. Just look for um, Cloud Talk in Apple or Google or over on Spotify or any of the places, you can find them there. Hey, glad that you're here in Namarata. And oh my gosh, all kinds of folks coming in from India. We're glad that you guys are all here as well. All right, so reach out to us. Uh, find us over on the podcast stream. If we're not already connected on the LinkedIn, let's do that as well. You know, I do post a few things from time to time and it would also make it a whole lot easier for you to get a hold of me. You can always send an email, but you can always just message me over on LinkedIn. Hey, Philly's here today. Glad that you're here. Go check, go hang out with Daniel. See if he wants to go get some, some lunch, maybe, maybe a coffee. That'd be a lot of fun. All right. Well, I mentioned that this is a little bit of a different episode. In the U.S., it's February, well, it's February 14th everywhere, but in the U.S., that's Valentine's Day. It's a time when we express our affection for our significant others, for our kids, for our families. Really, it's a time of love. And so as we thought about what we would do for our episode for Valentine's Day, well, we thought, why not just talk about our love of the cloud? And how better, uh, what a better way to do that? than to talk about how the cloud is making a significant impact in our lives, in the lives of individual companies, 
and not just ones relegated to a certain geography, but to places all over the world. So uh, with that, I'm going to bring up my partner in crime. We spend a ton of time together hanging out here at Rackspace. His name is Ben Blancara, one of the most connected people in the greater Ohio area. Uh, scary place to be if you're on those train tracks, but uh, but he's in Florida, so he, he's safe for the day. So Ben, welcome to the program. Hi, Jeff. Uh, welcome, everyone. It is it is, it is a thrill to be here in, in, uh, on Valentine's Day. Ben, I had walk-up music for you. Let me find it real quick. Where did oh, I put it? Where, yeah. So you're, you're old enough to probably remember what this is from. Uh, let's just see if anybody in the audience can can figure it out. I don't know. Remember that TV show? Hmm? Early 80s, late 70s maybe even? Come on. Oh, you guys can't hear it. wonder why. Well, if you could hear it, you would be hearing the theme to The Love Boat. Remember that show? Oh, oh my God. I was on that boat once. I took really? A, yeah. Princess, princess, right? Best cruise lines. You could take it from Vancouver through Alaska. That's incredible. Well, Ben, we're here to talk about cloudy stuff. You've been working in IT for just a couple of months, maybe a year or two now. Okay, maybe a couple of decades now. Well, decades. <laughs> Yeah. So you and I, you and I met last week and we thought, all right, so what are we going to talk about here? Let's, as we, we thought, you know, we're talking about for the love of the cloud, how have, uh, what are ways that we find that the cloud is making significant impacts in the world? And so we sort of group things up by different categories. <laughs> Captain Steuben, that's right, Leo. Yeah. Ex awesome. So, um, different categories. So why don't you, why don't you lead us off, Ben? What is one of the categories and the topics that, that you uh, really are excited about how the cloud is making an impact in our world and in the lives of us individually, as well as our companies? Yeah, ab absolutely. When I think about, you know, put by my, my uh, uh, sit down in my chair, close my eyes, say, okay, what, what has been sort of some of the material impact that technology has made on, on our lives? I think about healthcare. Think about the healthcare. advancement in healthcare that has to do with this incredible sort of notion of we can get more data, we yeah. can connect more data, and we have the compute that allows us to now get insights of that. So what are some of the things that happen, right? Think about um, you know, patient care and outcomes. You know, think about gene therapy. Think about sort of this notion of personalized healthcare because you have more data, you have can compare it to patterns that are out there with lots of studies and go, oh, that, that's it. Um, think about uh, remote, remote uh, healthcare. I mean, yeah. think about COVID, right? I mean, all of a sudden this notion of telehealth, which was foreign a couple of years ago, now it's, it's, it's how we do it, right? Yeah. You know, and it's healthcare is one of those things that can be, it feels a little tricky because when we first started to talk about it, even a few years ago about what technology is happening inside of healthcare, it, it felt like a somewhat of an oxymoron to me because it always seemed to get back to a human, that doctor, that person that I trust that I built this relationship with over the years. Granted, they might be using a big fancy MRI machine or, you know, now a, you know, a, an easier way to, to grab my heart, heart rate and, and, and blood pressure and such, but so much more the way that they're the doctors still back to a human are utilizing technology to look for that proverbial needle in the haystack. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll give you a couple of really interesting examples from companies I've worked with. Okay. There's a, this company called cover my meds and you know, when you go to pharmacy and you get your drug, right. And they say it needs to be pre auth it's not authorized. And then you go back and forth to your doctor, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden it takes you three days 
to get the medicine you need. That happens millions and millions of times. Even so this, a day, yeah. Right? So this little company covered my meds, they were able to make that electronic between providers and, and payers. It made that transaction electronic in terms of pre-auth for, for medicines. And what's the material impact of that? People have better med, uh, prescription adherence, which means they get better faster. Isn't that amazing? And, you know, and it's that you're using some terms that folks in healthcare use a lot, and a lot of folks don't necessarily know that this is the way the healthcare world is divided. You have the providers, people that we think about, and the payers. They're really kind of an important piece of the equation, and those two have to work in a very choreographed dance. And, and your example here is fantastic because it talks about how that dance has been electronified so that the individual can get the care that they need faster. A absolutely, absolutely, and and that 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 dialogue of you know because health plans are really complicated. Yeah, diagnosis of and so that that dance around how do you get approval, how do you get authorization? That there's the amount of we've just touched the surface regarding the opportunity regarding how do we take administration costs out of healthcare, and we're just yeah. touching. That. There's been a huge impact on sort of diagnosis, remote diagnosis, and things like that. Um, we had a. Uh, uh, another company I, I know of, they just got acquired by GE Healthcare. So think about this for cardio uh, uh, health, health, right? And, yeah. and so they're now able to go into homes, use remote diagnostic cardio, and then be able to predict whether someone's going to have, you know, certain uh, heart diseases and heart things. And, and that saves millions of dollars out of the system to do that remotely versus when I had to go in, I had, I, I literally got a $30,000 bill for diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. You think about, about the, the opportunity cost of what does it take to take you off of the workforce, the opportunity cost of all the people that have to come around you to do the things. And, you know, we're still talking about specialized hardware that, you know, manage uh, monitoring and, and whatnot of the heart. But folks don't even necessarily realize that it gets down to even some of the most simple wearables that we have every day. Now, I'm going to bring up a fancy picture of my Casio. doesn't have any fancy smarts in it, but I'm one of the few people in the world not having a smartwatch. But if you've got a smartwatch, that's monitoring a lot of that stuff as well and providing valuable health data as well. And data that can be imported or provided to your, your healthcare provider if maybe you've got a heart issue, maybe you've got a blood pressure issue, any of these, these sorts of things. Yeah, there, there's such a huge world. We know there's huge... Um, advances in the sort of the clinical side right. of sort of healthcare, but the advances around the the uh, the I technical side, the IT side is is amazing, and it's driven by the ability to to collect information, wearables, IoT, all those kind of things. Yeah, curate and connect that information because you have lots of hospitals, lots of folks, payers, providers connect that information, and then compute, which is you know what's what what insights can you get from this, and that it, it is. I mean, everyone says the biggest opportunity for, for improvement in our society is healthcare because it's a quazillion dollar sort of industry where we see it's fraught with inefficiencies. And, and, and so I, I'm so excited by what we're going to see in the next 10 years. I know. So, so uh, in fact, it's going to take us down a, a part of the conversation I was going to save till later, but I want to go there now. But before we do, um, you know, there's, there's a couple aspects of this. First of all, if you're, of course, listening to us now live, I'd love for you to, to, to just comment down below. Are you using an Apple Watch? Are you using an Android derivative? And is that helping to capture health data that's helping you live a healthier life? Because so often, you know, when we are having this conversation, you know, Ben uses the example of, you know, some kind of a cardiac event that's 
that's needing to be monitored. Well, what if we we rewind the clock a little bit farther earlier and how can we use some of that, some technology, some even cloud-based technology to help us live a healthier life before we even need to get to a point where we engage healthcare professionals. And that's gonna take us down a blockchain conversation, Ben. And uh, and so one of those areas is blockchain. We I say the, the phrase blockchain and what comes into your mind? Crypto, scary people, yeah, exactly. dark web, things that make that go bump in the, in the cyber night. Um, nobody gets to excited about that but where people do get excited and think and and utilizing blockchain for this let's let's break blockchain down it's a le- open ledger based system all right so where can that be useful supply chain and supply chain specifically in this case let's go back and talk about it from an agriculture point of view how many times have we heard in the past year that a recall on lettuce is is impacting you know large national grocery store chains and so what do they do they go and you know somebody gets sick in some location and the last meal that they had was that beautiful salad from you know wherever they got the salad from some bag of of something i don't want to implicate anybody at this point uh because everybody's been good so what do they do they have this knee-jerk reaction that says somebody got sick rightly the only thing we can do is pull it all off the shelf but if we had blockchain attached to every bag, every bit of delivery of that from the point of farming to harvesting, to cleaning, to packaging, to delivery back in, then into the supply chain, and we knew where everything came from, then from a specific store and a specific shipment and a specific lot inside of that shipment, they would know where there might be an issue. And the blast radius of that issue would be a lot more contained. We'd have so much less waste and we'd have much healthier people. I think that's a, that is such a big application, like the, the, the lineage. And more people, as, 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 as more, more folks think about, are more conscious of the food they eat, just thinking about understanding that there's clear lineage. Where did this stuff come from? Versus yeah. just stepping it's on a shelf. Well, where did it come from? Did it, was it grown the right way? So both on the, uh, the notion of like if something goes wrong, uh, the blast radius is smaller, as well as then the notion of I, I know where the stuff is and it's provable, right? The supply yeah. chain, the global supply chain and, and having sort of uh, sovereignty and understanding is, is, is a big deal, especially when you look at controlled things or things that come from areas that they shouldn't come from or medicines, right? It, it's, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. And if we stick around in the agriculture mode for, for a minute, I was, you know, I, I've, I've got a little piece of property outside of San Antonio, Texas. I love to garden, but I hate to pick weeds. It is one of the biggest frustrations. So what, there's really only two ways to deal with weeds uh, traditionally. And that is either one literally on your hands and knees picking. And for me as a gardener, you know, that just takes a little time out of, well, it takes a lot of time out of, out of my week. Um, if, it's a large scale, you know, well, you have two options. You can either hire lots of people to get on their hands and knees and pick the weed out or, or you spray can. Well, there's a new, new they're called created is a set of, of um, it, it's this, this fancy thing on wheels. It can either be pulled by a tractor or it could be autonomous. And by utilizing a basic AI model of, of, uh, from Chris, it can identify what's a plant and what's a weed. And if weed, it zaps it with a laser. Oh, my God. Are you serious? 
Yeah. And this thing is the kind of thing that can work day and night, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It doesn't complain. Uh, it does so much other things. One, it's keeping the chemicals out of our out of our system. It keeps them out of us, keeps us healthier by doing that. We don't have people doing menial work and we can do it uh, whether the light's on or whether the light, the sun is up or the sun is down. And uh, when you pick that weed, you're disturbing the soil, you're disturbing the carbon base. And uh, but when you zap it, it's just gone. Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole field, Jeff, called precision agriculture. Mm -hmm. It is a it is a field of study. And uh, way back in the, in the Wayback Machine, uh, I had I did some work with John Deere. Okay, you know, these are, these are the massive machines, right? And and you think about farmers, you know, the ability to yield. It is about yield and quality in a certain area. Yeah, and being precise with where you put your fertilizer, how much water, what you plant when can make the difference, make or break difference for a farmer. Yep. And it can make now, all the difference in the world. Yeah. And so when we think about those big tractors, the amount of intelligence in those tractors now, because they triangulate with, you know, they, they literally can drive by wire. They, oh yeah. They, in the United States, I think there's some regulations that, that you can't do it, but in other places in the world, they're literally like, autumn, you can run them on, on remote because they're triangulating with satellites in the drive -through. This episode of Cloud Talk is sponsored by Cisco App Dynamics. Technical environments are getting more complex and Cisco App Dynamics is helping to cut through the noise. Their full stack observability solutions help make every tech decision a business decision and keep everyone all on the same page. AppDynamics software enables deeper understanding of both user and application behavior so that your teams can see, share, and take action all in real time. Just go to appdynamics.com to learn more, schedule a live demo, or even start a 15-day free trial to see the difference for yourself that Cisco AppDynamics can make in your mission-critical applications. All right. With that, let's get back to the program. Well, and not only that from, from how they're operating, but of course, there's a bajillion different sensors inside of them that are managing and monitoring the health. They are optimizing that engine and all the internal components. And if there's a certain to be signals of an issue, they're sending notes back to John Absolutely. Deere, who coordinates somebody to show a tech to show up with a part before the thing breaks, minimizing downtime. Now, when you talk IoT, it's not just inside of, of the devices. In fact, you know, Leo's talking about IoT and, and the general purpose of it. But, you know, uh, uh, let's think about IoT and managing. We're, we're sticking with ag tech here for longer than I expected to. But, um, but, but soil moisture, I mean, water, fresh water is one of the most precious resources on the planet. Granted, this, this, this planet is surrounded. It's a great blue ball because there is so much water on this planet, but only a small fraction of that is, is fresh water. And if you were in the Southwestern United States, all the way out into California, because of the drought, because of climate change, the, the, the war on water is significant. So every drop has got to be as precise as possible. And you don't want to be watering when the, when the soil is already saturated. So through soil monitoring of, of the amount of moisture that's in there, they're actually able to very target, very much target the amount of water that they might be putting out via or irrigation. I mean, this is like Jetson stuff, Jeff. I mean, think about it. Like, in the dirt. Jetson's in the dirt. Jetsons in the dirt. I thought that was going to be my walk-up music. You're going to play the Jetsons. <laughs> that would have been good. But, but um, it's, it's just amazing, like, the amount of data we can create that we can then manage yeah. and use is, 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 
is phenomenal. I mean, I, I just see the stats around how much data is created and without sort of way to manage that. Yeah. We're, we're in the third, you know, we're, we're in this next revolution of, of life is how do you use all this data? Well, that really draws us back from because as, as we have and we do have more examples of, of how tech and how cloud is making a significant impact. But I think one of the biggest areas, and this is a focus of yours, Ben, uh, here at Rackspace, is that the amount of data that's coming back together. How do organizations actually derive value from the data that they're 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 getting. So whether that is soil moisture, whether that is as iWatches tracking heart rates, whether that is specific things inside of an individual that's tracking health. I mean, the IoT examples are endless, but they're creating mountains and oceans of, of data. And I think that's a huge thing for me, Ben, and that is how the cloud is helping us process and get value out of that data faster. Absolutely. And then I think, you know, what we see is a lot of organizations are, are you know, uh, in the last decade, has come to fruition that data is the new gold, right? Oh, yeah. And so, so a it's lot not of the oil, it's the gold. It's it's the gold, right? And so now a lot of organizations are maturing regarding one: is it gold? They get it, right? And then yeah. all the practices around governing it so that you know it's 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 like garbage in, garbage out. Like putting bad gas in a car, it's not going to run well. So right. so a lot of organizations are going back to you know how do I make what is my data? How do I manage it? How, how do I govern it? And, and that, that's, that by itself is a whole massive field we could talk about for an hour. Yep. Well, you know, we, we've talked about, we came at it from a healthcare angle that took us down the IoT road. I drove the IoT road back out into the dirt from an ag tech point of view. But now let's talk about companies that are taking these mountains of data and driving a customer experience. You've got some examples of how the cloud is helping with customer experience. Well, I think the quintessential example that most people have is you go to Amazon. Yeah. And then you go. Other the customer experience is I'm spending too much, if that's what you mean. Well, it's funny. I think about it. They make the customer experience so easy and simple yeah. that, that it is seamless. And, and, and you know you're spending a ton of money, but you can't help yourself. It's about ease of use, and I want it now. I mean, it, it has fueled this notion. But the point is, when you think about e-commerce, yeah. This whole notion of like 20 years ago, if you could say I could go online and, and it shows up in a week, it'd be a great deal. Like I know we'd be thrilled with that. Now you have deliveries that within you know the next two hours it could show up. And we get mad if it doesn't show up in a day or two. Think about that. And yeah, if I can't have it tomorrow, I don't want it. And then by the way, the reverse supply, like I don't like it. I expect to return it and it goes someplace, right? Yeah, yeah. You We've got some friends who literally get angry if they can't return it or the return postage isn't paid. It, exactly. So, but from a customer experience, right, all these transactions around finding information, comparing information, getting recommendations, they've all been, you know, electronified. And, and so now we have, and by the way, we got these little, these machines here that have more compute power than, you know, NASA rockets, you know, from 15 years ago, these little phones that we have, right? Yeah. And it's amazing, right? You, you think about, like, our ability, like, and we have gotten spoiled, but it's all because of, of the advancement in technology that, that allows us to find stuff when we want it, get it where we want it, and it shows up. Yep. 
That's now, Ben, you, you and I are, are sort of tasked with helping around what we call thought leadership here at Rackspace. And that is how do we help the world understand what we do? And mm-hmm. part of that then also means we have to look at this greater thing that we're providing here and put it into, I'll call it story-based form. Mm-hmm. And one of those areas is how we get all of our Rackers to work better together. But it's not a problem that is relegated just to our company. You know, how people are working has 100% shifted because of what happened to us through the oh, whole yeah. COVID experience experience. The everybody goes back to the office mantra doesn't exist anymore. And one area, Ben, that I find cloud making a significant impact, and I used to think it was very gimmicky. I'm I'm not on the gimmick path anymore. And I think that once the technology matures a little bit more, we're going to find it much more uh, compelling. And that is, and I hate the term right now, though, is metaverse in the way uh, that we're utilizing AR and VR to work and collaborate better together. I think the future of work is really gonna be wrapped up in how do we create collective experiences even though the folks, our folks may be in, in remote locations. And that could be, hey Ben, we got a meeting in San Antonio and you're like, goggles on, here we go. Uh, or it may be, hey, we're, we're going to create a collaboration room that is virtual for everyone. Uh, it's going to be set on the space station because it can be set anywhere. And, uh, and it's nothing but whiteboards in space. It's, you know, the, I think the future work is going to be defined by metaverse. I, yeah. And, and we are going to go into the matrix in the next one. <laughs> I know it's a slippery slope, isn't it? Now we've got to get away from where it is, you know, a bulky, sit on my head, goofy looking goggles. Now that works out great when I'm doing, uh, doing my, my supernatural workouts, by the way, if anybody's a supernatural you know, person on quest, let me know. Um, that's my workout every day. I was boxing this morning virtually. It was super fun. Um, uh, but once we can get more to it, maybe a set of regular goggles, maybe some sort of holographic type of technology, mm-hmm. I think I think it's going to get super interesting. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. And scary, right? There's a dark side to all this stuff, right? I mean, the metaverse and all this. It, there's a whole new set of you know, uh, cultural norms. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. So what does it mean to walk around when you're just a person from the waist up, you know, because we can't see down there at that point um, because that's not the way the cameras work. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, and tech can be used for a lot of negative things. Maybe we'll save that for the Halloween episode. I'll invite you back. And that's the scary side of tech. Um, Yeah. You know, I think the easiest thing to reference there is going to be what folks are doing in, in, you know, the cybersecurity space, it's getting nothing but worse. Um, And so, you know, Patch your servers, people. Do all the good things. Uh, well, Ben, as we, you know, we still have some folks here, uh, a couple of minutes here. Uh, you have on your list, and I love that this is listed here. I think it's so uh, appropriate given what's going on in the world, and that is what we're doing with tech and how the cloud is helping with disaster relief. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When, when I think about, you know, um, you know, reality is bad things happen all over the world all yeah. the time. And so when we think about sort of the investment in, in technology and how that helps, there's a couple things that I think about. One, I mean, God, my God, the ability to communicate with anyone anywhere, as long as you got your phone and then uh, you got Starlink. There so you go. You're working. A fundamental sort of basic around being successful in, in disasters is you can communicate. Yep. And, and, and the ability to have devices that are connected all over the world is massive. So that's number one. Number two, this notion of being able to, you know, you can have drones, right? Fly around, see see what's happened, and send it back. I have a I have a colleague. 
his business is is providing software and, and equipment to like fire stations. When there's something that happens, the drone will take off to to a building that's on fire. Really? And send back pictures to the folks driving to it so they can so they know what to do. That's incredible. Think That's incredible. It. We helped with with a, a whole workload out of uh, the the Boston Fire Department, and so we created this entire app. All this tech that would go into the helmet of a firefighter as they go into a burning structure. Um, the 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 fire chief has a tablet, and they can see where everybody is. They can oh. monitor CO two levels. They can monitor temperatures. They can communicate. They know who is where and what they're up to, and and can direct them even when when they can't see themselves. That is just. Amazing. And, and the reality is it's here. This isn't futuristic. This That's not stuff- Jetsons out in 2020. Well, this is 2023. Hmm, it's here now. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the things are here. And, and so I, I think, you know, um, you know, I spent a fair amount of time looking at trends and, and things like that. And, and yeah. it, it, it is the, the Jetsons are here. You just don't know they're here. Well, what's cool about it, Ben, is 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 I think that the the potential for the Jetsons are absolutely here, and we're at that cusp where not everything has been invented based on where technology is today, and that creates a significant amount of opportunity, not just for individuals but for companies. Because I would I would venture to say there isn't anything that anybody couldn't imagine they wanted to do today that isn't available and could be executed based on the tech we have today. Now, personal hover suits, you know, you know the the back to the future hov- um, hovering skateboard. You know, there's a few things that are still out there, but when when we think about everything else, if you can imagine it, the tech really is here to support it. Oh, it's it, it's it, it is, um, and it's just the beginning. I mean, I, I think you know, much like my my mom, yeah, she has no idea how to use this phone, right? Yeah, she wants a flip phone, right? Our kids are going to laugh at us at the things we don't understand that they're going to do because we can't even imagine it. Can't even imagine it. Imagine, yeah, because at some point we're going to be sitting, you know, in our rocking chair with our cane and the kids are going to be there with the thing, you know, imagining the, maybe you and I will be into it. Who knows? But still, we can't even imagine what is coming down the road. Ben, we were going to talk about some chat GPT and the capabilities there, but we Mm -hmm. are out of time. So we're going to have to come back and do this again. Maybe this becomes a quarterly episode where it is, let's just dream up what we could do with the tech that exists today. Personally, I want to go out and um, and find me a robotic weeder so that I can a laser weeder so that I can point that at my garden and not have to worry about it anymore. Well, maybe next time you can we can get a we can get a, a remote drone delivery of some breakfast before before we show up. I love the sound of that. All right, folks, thank you so much for joining with us here today. This has been a great conversation. I get to have these conversations almost daily with my good friend, Ben. Uh, So uh, you're going to want to make sure that you stick around uh, and come around to more when he's here. In fact, let's talk about what we have on deck for us next week. Uh, I have my good friend, Mike Ross, who is going to be on now. Um, In fact, if you you go, there is Mike. Mike is an incredible racker. He's an incredible human. Um, I actually had the great pleasure of being one of the managers who hired Mike here at Rackspace years ago, and we just continue to fight to make sure he is a happy, healthy person here. Well, he is going to come on to the show and talk about here at Rackspace what we call Racker Resource Groups, or RRGs, and that's where we, we find different communities want to join together. We give them resources, we give them time um, so that they can follow those communities inside of Rackspace, and uh, Mike is 
the president of our RRG called Rise, and that we're, he's going to come on and we're going to highlight the achievement and discuss what African-American workers are, are doing here at Rackspace. Mike gets to shepherd that. He's got some great stories to share with you and an amazing story about his mom. So that is going to do it. Uh, do it for us here this week, folks. I'm so glad that you um, took the time to, to be a part of the conversation. And uh, and thank you, Ben, for being here as well. This audio will be in the podcast stream, so make sure that you subscribe there. Folks, my name is Jeff DeVerter. I'm the Chief Technology um, uh, Evangelist for us here at Rackspace. And with that, I'm going to try to find the right button, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.